Welcome to podcast 56 from Football Aranya, previewing the 2019-2020 Eredivisie season. I'm Michael Statham and I'm with Mike Bell to talk you through all the Eredivisie clubs and answer the mountain of questions we received on Twitter. Thank you for those and as always, keep sending those in. We're available on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes and on the Football Nation radio station. As always, thank you very much for listening, liking and subscribing wherever you're tuning in. Mike, where else to start other than who do you think is going to win the league this year? Who's going to lift that Eredivisie title? Yeah, I think last year I went with PSV Eindhoven. I thought that last year was going to be a lot closer and it turned out to be a very tight, close title race. Um, but this year I can only see one winner and that's Ajax. They won it last year deservedly and I think this summer they've been great. I think that losing De Ligt and De Jong, obviously a big blow, but I think their signings have been excellent. The players that have managed to keep so far, I mean, Hakim Ziyech is still there, Dusan Tadic is there, Donny van der Beek is still there, and the players coming through, even the ones that they didn't buy. In pre-season, you've got the likes of Paris Scores, Sergino Dest, you've got Jurgen Akelenkamp, you know, you've got all these players, the squad's just so full of talent. I just can't see them not winning the league again. I think Ten Hag is the best manager in the league, he's got the best squad, and I think it's nailed on they're going to win it. They're such heavy favourites. It's difficult to give PSV a chance because of um, the riches that Ajax have in their squad that, as you said, these key players they had last season haven't left, at least not many of them have. Um, it's it's a nice surprise to be keeping van der Beek, Anana, Ziyech um, around the club. Neres as well, uh, he's, he's stated his future remains in Amsterdam. Ziyech is the one who's the latest to commit though, I think, because he let on in an interview after Ajax's 2-0 win over PSV in um, the Dutch Super Cup, which, by the way, is another sign yet again that Ajax looks stronger than PSV, um, in that he said he's happy in Amsterdam and doesn't want to just move away. Uh, so a very good sign again for Ajax. But if you look at PSV, um, you're going to need a very good coach to lift that bunch of players who are a very talented squad, but to lift them above the level of Ajax to get as many results as um, Ajax will get as well and Mark van Bommel was very good about last season um, he kept PSV in that title race for so so long and, and they, they won almost as many games as Ajax but again I'm not sure that van Bommel's got that um, that skill to pull out the results when, when they really are struggling I know it happened a couple of times at the start of last season but when it going got tough for PSV and they were dropping some points it was very hard for PSV to lift themselves out of it and grab a result when they weren't playing as, as well. And I think that's time to uh, not dwell on Ajax and PS3 in this podcast for far too long because we have so many questions ranging from the top to the bottom of the league and we will of course drop in as many of these questions as we can today including those with Ajax and PS3 as it are quite popular amongst our uh, questions sent in. But the first one I'd like to come to is from Abdul and um, Mike do you think that there will be any other team competing for the Eredivisie titles besides Ajax and PSV? Absolutely not. I think that Ajax are ahead of PSV at the moment, but the two of them are miles ahead of anybody else in the league at the moment. You know, AZ, Feyenoord, they've got good squads, but nowhere near what you can see in, in Eindhoven or Amsterdam. 
I just don't see it this season at all. I think that you know, Feyenoord and AZ summer transfer business hasn't been good enough so far. If they're going to mount a challenge, they need to add to their squad. And it doesn't seem that the quality is getting added right now and the money's not really there to spend for either team. I know that Feyenoord are getting linked with an American takeover. I think that you know, some millionaires sees putting money in to help them challenge, but that could take a couple of years. So I don't think that you know, you'll see Feyenoord lifting the title for another couple of years. Yeah, and that brings us on to one of the other questions we had in from Toto Rondota. Uh, he says, where do we see Utrecht and RZ finishing in the table? Well, I think it's a difficult choice to select who's going to finish third. Because that's the point, because the third, fifth, third, fourth and fifth teams that I've got in my predicted table, which I'll share on Twitter after this podcast, um, the, they're very closely matched. But I do still think that final will come out on top of that and finish in third place. Jörg Stam's a good coach. I think he'll get enough out of the place he has at his disposal to do that, um, to win enough games and to help. It's always a difficult place to go. Um, and that will see them get the, the one over Utrecht and RZ. Um, so I've gone with Utrecht actually finishing fourth. I think that John van der Brom has made some good signings this summer. He's a good manager. And... Um, he'll lift Utrecht at a level above just with RZ. But also, um, RZ have also got some very good young players, but I think that they just, they haven't strengthened this this summer, um, apart from the signing of Jordi Klassi in midfield, and they're just one young player too many. They're, they don't have much experience in there, and the experienced players they do have aren't of top quality. For example, Ron Vlaar is an ageing centre-back. Um, he's not very quick, and he hasn't got a very good partner to play next to. There's... There's some dodgy centre-backs you can often play with. Hadzidiakos, for example, and Vitans. Uh, so I'm not sure that they have the, the strength to go and win five, seven games in a row during the season to go and finish third place, for example. What about you, Mike? Have you got a different order for your top five? Yeah, I do. I agree that AZ haven't strengthened, but I think it's going to come between now and the end of the transfer window. I think that Goose Till looks like he's going to leave for Russia. Um, you know, Spartan and Moscow are going to pay around 10 to 11 million for him. I think that money will get reinvested into the squad. I think they'll bring a couple of players in. I can see some, definitely an attacker. I think that a striker is a position that they could really use if they can get rid of you know, Bjorn Jonsson, I think. Boadu and Stengs and Idrissi is uh, a very exciting attack. And I really hope that it does well. And I want AZ to finish third. And I'll, I've gone for him to finish third because I think Calvin Stengs is going to be one of the stand-up players in the league this season. I think he's going to be, over the next couple of years, you're going to see him getting linked with some of the biggest clubs in Europe if he can stay fit. And I hope this is his season to break through. So I've gone in third. I think uh, Feyenoord will finish fourth. I think I've got a bit more about him than, than Utrecht do. I think it's John van den Brom. Yeah, he's made some good signings. I think Utrecht, over the past few years, they just seem to lose too many games that maybe they should win. I think there's a stigma around the club. I think there is some weak points in that squad. And I think that they'll just miss out. I think it'll be very tight. I think there'll only be a few points in it. But I've gone for AZ just ahead of Feyenoord. Feyenoord just ahead of Utrecht. But I think it'll be very, very close. And it's very hard to predict at this stage of the season. Of course it is. Um, and that's part of the fun. It's difficult to predict. But also, um, we could look fools uh, this time next year. And we could be having a big surprise. But it's unlikely. And... I know last season we were we were we weren't spot on at all with our exact table predictions, but we got the right kind of 
teams in the right areas of the table. And I personally think that it, we will see Ajax and PSV finish in the top two. Um, but there'll be a gap to third place with third, fourth, fifth, and then another gap to sixth and below. Um, such as the state of the Eredivisie where the, the money, but also the talent at the at team's disposal is, is far greater at the top and it just creates divisions throughout the table. Uh, much like you might see in the Premier League, the top six, but I guess there's more sort of divisions, mini, mini leagues within the Dutch league. Um, another question uh, relating to Feyenoord is from Ashley. How will Jarp Stam do in his first season as Feyenoord manager and will Dylan Ventus stand out? For me, I think Jarp Stam's got something to prove. I don't think he was universally liked at Reading. I think he was quite negative in the football that he played. Um, he eventually got obviously sacked from there. Then he went to Pexvo and when he took over, they were you know, heading down the table. They were near the relegation zone and he got them to safety, but you know, you can't say that Pexvo towards the end of the season were a stand outside or they weren't exactly very attractive to watch. Um, Yavstam's obviously got a big job, he's got Feyenoord and I think there'll be a lot of eyes on him. I don't think that the board have really helped him. I don't think they've really given him the money to spend. They've got four new players in and not a transfer fee has been spent on any of them so far. I think Leroy Fair is a good good signing if he can stay fit in that midfield. But the defence just looks so weak at the moment. I think the defence and the attack, if Nikolai Jorgensen isn't there, they'll invent it. Big question marks about him. I've not been impressed watching them at all. Um, last season when he got the chances, I don't think he was, was good enough. And if I was Yabstam, yeah, you know, Jorgensen's not there, I'd be tempted to either play Berkhaus through the middle or even go with the younger younger player, Banis, who looks very exciting. Um, Dylan Venter right now, I think he could do a loan spell out because he needs to prove himself outside of Rotterdam, which he's not done so far. Yeah, and th this is the thing with that third, fourth, fifth place teams and how they're not really going to challenge the top two for the title because there's just so many question marks over young players they have, but also in specific key parts of the pitch. And for Feyenoord, that is, will Jorgensen stay fit, which he hasn't done for a while, um, and score the goals for Feyenoord? Because if he doesn't, then it will be up to Dylan Venter. I, I don't think Banis will be given a look in this season. I think it will some some responsibility will be given to Venter. It's almost like a make or break scenario for him where he needs to take that opportunity. But from what we've seen of Venter, he was good when he first broke out for final, but now I think defence is a bit more wise to him and he's not really that prolific, is he? He, he doesn't offer too much in the build-up either. And then he's starting to ask questions about, well, what what can he do on the pitch? It almost reminds me a little bit of Mitchell Tavreda where they had get where final gave him that chance, but he didn't really have the quality. And now he's he well he, he spent many years lower down in the Eredivisie um, because that's where his true level level lay. I hope that Vent can prove us wrong and score some goals. Because the Netherlands also need a new striker. But the same goes for um, RZ as well, where there's question marks over Boadu because he will be the key striker for RZ this season. And can he put injuries behind him? Can he score the goals? He's a very young player, still a teenager. Um, and at Utrecht as well, can the new striker Dalmau from Heliclis make a step up to a higher team in the league and score the goals? I think that's really important as well that we do see a strong start to the season from Feyenoord, RZ and Utrecht because of um, the Europa League. 
we need to see Dutch teams make it to the group stages to get some points for the coefficient, strengthen the league, strengthen football around the country. But we hadn't really seen that, had we, Mike, uh, in midweek? Because RZ drew with Swedish side Harken, 0-0. Um, so again, you're seeing there's issues with um, scoring the goals for RZ. Utrecht as well missed loads of chances and drew 1-1 with a Bosnian team. Um, and final have a, have a Europa League game coming up themselves um, in a couple of weeks. But what, why are these teams struggling? Or was it just down to bad luck, actually, in the end? And maybe people were given Dutch teams in Europe a bit of a bad reputation. But actually, was it just a bit of bad luck that they couldn't just take their chances? I think it's bad luck if this happens in one-off occasions. But this is it's been a problem for Dutch teams for years in the past four or five Europa League seasons. You saw AZ go out to a lower team last year. And it's happened before with like, so Utrecht and Vitesse. Just get to this stage, and then it seemed to just freeze. And you saw it last week. I was really unimpressed with with AZ when you knew that they had to to win the game. The second half, DK Hacken didn't come out of the, their own half, and Arnie Slot, the manager, he, he brought in two defenders and then swapped out a winger when he had two big strikers on the bench. He had Johnson and Ferdi Druith. And when you've got somebody like Boadu, who's so small, he's quick, he's small, and he's agile, and he, he can finish. But when you're looking at a very compact and tight defence, and you're swinging balls into the box and there's no one there, it was crying out for somebody like Johnson or Drift, and he just didn't make the switch. I just don't understand the mentality of Dutch clubs coming into these European games where you need to win the, the home leg, because next week anything can happen away from home. I mean... Hacking aren't going to sit as deep. They might come out and attack. And you saw how dodgy the defences can be at times for AZ and Utrecht. You know, Utrecht gave away one chance and they gave away an away goal. It's so tight in these games. And yeah, both teams just didn't do enough for me going forward. Utrecht, you could say they were missing Damao and there was a few other players that, you know, maybe weren't 100% fit. And maybe the heat played a part. It was, it was baking hot on that day. But these are just excuses that, these teams are ones that Utrecht and AZ should be beaten. You just can't. It's, it's so frustrating to watch because you go into these campaigns thinking, right, these clubs can help the Dutch coefficient. And they're playing against the sixth team from, from Sweden and a team from Bosnia. These should be bread and butter for these teams. But this can't seem to, to get over that line. And it's, it's really frustrating because if it keeps happening, the coefficients, you can't just rely on Ajax every year. And... PSV, you know, they've got a tough second leg coming up against Basel because, again, I question team selection because Van Bommel went for four small, speedy attackers and the game only changed in PSV's favour when he brought in Sam Lammers, which was a better presence in the box. But it was too late and, yeah, they won the game 3-2 in the end, you know, but they easily could have lost that game. And then that's PSV staring at Champions League exit already. So... Yeah, I think a mentality change definitely needed going into next week and hopefully the Dutch teams can get out of it, but you know, it's not looking good at the moment. Just want to talk to you about the PSV results. Thing, Link, I think personally you're being a little bit harsh on and how PSV did in that game, Mike, because uh, I thought that those four speedy attackers were causing Basel all sorts of problems um, in that first 25 minutes of the game and also for some time in the second half. But yeah, the issue was the defence and I think... Could Mark Van Bommel have been a little bit more brave in his uh, 
his team decisions when he had the option of playing Boscagli from the start. Um, he could have played him at left back, could have played him at centre back at the expense of Sadilek or Lukasa, who both have not been playing for PSV in, in the back four. Um, so why not go with your strongest possible defence? I agree with that. That that was clearly PSV's only problem because I think the midfield was working. It was it was good that he gave um, Gutierrez a, a game in the midfield. And I, I really liked how Bruma and Marlon were linking up. I think Daniel Marlon's going to be uh, fantastic for PSV this season. Personally, I think he might well be one of the top goal scorers in the league. For me, he reminds me of um, Jürgen, Jürgen Lacardia. He wasn't the most top quality of strikers of PSV. But the difference between Lacardia and Marlon is that I think Marlon's got a bit more pace. And that helps with getting him behind. It gives that extra dimension to the attack that PSV never had before and I think against um, European sides that could be quite dangerous because you're not um, having to play dominant football in the league trying to have to put the ball right and loop De Jong's head for him to score a goal whereas actually with that pace they, they have another option um, a counter-attacking option but I just want to pick you up on what you're saying there Mike about with Sam Lammers how can he fit into that system for PSV is there a way for Marlon and Lammers to play together I think so I think he he tested out in pre-season. I think if you're looking at a speedy attack, the main criticism I would say was all on Irving Lozano. I think, yeah, Bruma played well, Malin played well, and Bergwijn played well. But if you look at the, the Basel first goal, it's because Lozano's head's down. He's only thinking of himself. And he cuts inside, hopelessly shoots, and then Basel get a ball, and two seconds later, it's in the PSV net. Yeah, you also blame Dumfries, he was way out of position. Lucasen was just was hopeless. He just didn't see the space in behind him. But I think when you saw that so many moves that PSV had, yeah, they can pass it around and they're quick. But when you're playing with three speedy attackers, you need to get in behind the defence. And I don't think that pass was there or that little flick on. I think it just it stopped too much because there was too much interplay around the box. And it was breaking down because the shots were getting blocked or just that final ball was there. But if you put somebody like Sam Lammers there, he can go direct because straight from the defence, you can flick it on. A defender will get drawn to him. He flicks on, then somebody like Malin, Bergwijn, Bruma, who all have so much pace, they're all much quicker than Lozano is, they'll get in behind. I think he's the missing link. I think I would have played him, maybe even in the 10 position that they've tried in, in pre-season, just let him link the play because he's so good with his feet. He's so good at dribbling and he's strong. And I think that against Ajax, PSV weren't great, but Sam Lammer started. And I think that he was one of their stand-up players before he got injured and taken off. And I think he's got to be a big big mess in the second leg. Well, let's see how PSV get on um, against Basel and in the next round of Champions League fixtures after that. Uh, we've got so many questions still to go through here, Mike. Um, I think we could be here all night at this rate. Uh, but the next one I think we should talk about is the one from Kieran. How do you feel FC Twente will fare in their first season back in the top flight? Now, if I could start this on Mike, um, I, I've gone for Twente finishing 7th in my table predictions. I think they'll be the uh, surprise of the season. But for me, I don't think it'll be as much of a surprise. I know yourself, Mike, and you'll let us know in a second. I think you've gone with them fairly high on the table as well yourself. Because th this is a team that did struggle in the Eredivisie when they were relegated. Um, there's still f quite a few of those players still in that squad. But they weren't bad players. They just needed a, a good manager and confidence to lift them out of the situation they were in at the time when they were relegated. But they've added to it. They've got some exciting Spanish players in their squad now as well. Some experience. Um, 
for example, Cantala Piedra um, and Espinosa. They look two good Spanish midfielders that are going to cause OWC teams lots of problems at unknown quantities. Uh, it's going to be interesting, for example, how Twente fare against PSV. I think it's the opening fixture, Twente against PSV. I think that that stadium is going to be so uh, such a good atmosphere for that first game. And it's PSV coming to town and they've missed having that fixture in their stadium. I think they're just going to cause all the big big teams lots of problems. Um, I think there will be question marks over their defence, but they have tried to strengthen it with experienced fullbacks. For example, Matos, the, the left-back they've signed from Cadiz, looks a good player. So let's see how they get on. Um, what do you think, Mike? Do you think they get in for a good season as well? I think they're in for a decent season. Um, I think they'll survive, definitely. I think they'll survive quite comfortably. Um, I'm happy that they're back. It's a big club that needs to be in the top flight, you know, they've had their issues over the past few years of money, but it's good to see them back in the big time. They're obviously too good for the second division that came straight back up. My only worry is they've got some good midfielders. You know, Aitor did really well last season in the second division, but up front is a big problem for me. He's been trying Harris Vukic, who, you know, as a Newcastle fan, I knew him pretty well when he was with us and then he went to Rangers and he's never really fit in and he was you know struggled with injuries at times and if he's going to be their main striker this season that's a bit of a worry for me they've got Tom Bohr and Yari Oosterweik but they're trying to sell both of them according to reports today they're trying to get them both off the wage bill and then you, you maybe look at them trying to get somebody in before the transfer window shuts but right now the goals would be a worry but other than that yeah I think that their midfield looks really exciting they've got a ni nice young Japanese player called Kaito Nakamura is a big surprise that 20 signed him there's a lot of clubs looking at him so i'm excited to see what he can do um but yeah just who's going to score the goals is the big question mark for me i'm not sure if this guy is the answer but they have also signed um emil berkrein 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 um he's a danish striker from um in the, in the german leagues who knows if he's the answer but he, he was his name was posed as a question to border the 20 striker and he said well if he's just signed for the club what does that mean for your future and he said well I don't know maybe I'm going to be leaving um, so yeah there's still a little bit of an, an, an unsettled squad there but I think they're strengthened well um, and they've got some good players as well from from a few years back when they were doing alright in the Eredivisie I think the next team we should go to is um, Honigan there was a question from uh, I think it's, it's Dider Alum any chances for Honigan to compete for third place I think that's a bit ambitious, but I think they're in for a good season. Um, I've I personally put them sixth in my in my table, Mike. So maybe they're not a million miles away from a push for top three, but um, definitely I've got the quality. Do you? Not for a top three finish, but yeah, European playoff spot is what their main aim will be, and I think that's where whereabouts they will be. I think that they've still got a good squad, got really good talents going forward. You know, Ritsu Doan still at the club. I'm surprised that. No one's really tried to sign him this summer so far. And, you know, up front, I've got Kai Seer, who's still on loan from Ajax. I think they're two very good players. And the squad just overall looks stronger than what's below them. So I think, yeah, I think 7th I've gone for, but they could easily finish 6th um, and challenge the test for that 6th spot. But, yeah, I think it's an exciting young squad with some good young players coming through. And the likes of Doan, who's basically one of the best young players in the league. Yeah, um, I'm surprised he 
hasn't left two. I think just recently he said that he's still looking to move this summer. Um, if a big club comes in, comes in for him, he said his ambition is to play in the Champions League. I think he'd, he's narrowed his options down though then to play for a, a, a good team and actually getting minutes for a Champions League team. You're looking at someone, I actually come in from him then surely, but they wouldn't be interested in him now. I don't think he's good enough for the minute for Ajax. I think he really needs to stay with Kroningen for another season, score some goals. Uh, but they have got a good manager over at Honingen, Um and I think again he'll he'll lead that squad well. He's very good at def the, the, how he organises the um, his defence. I know that Memi Savic last season ended up being quite a good uh, option at centre back. I think there's a few concerns at the minute who's going to be playing left back for Honingen, um because they've got Bart van Hinterman, but he's not really of top quality. So there's still a few gaps in that team, but they've got plenty of strikers on offer. They've got uh, Ben Scott, who did well for the crafts out last season. I'm glad that he's got a move to an Eredivisie club. I think he might score some goals this season. Seahouse is still there. Doan's still there. So loads of options for Danny Bowes to consider. But it's just whether he can get that balance with a few new midfielders. They've got a man called uh, Sam Schreck, who's just signed for them. Uh, a German midfielder. It's an exciting name. Um, but yeah, I think they'll be comfortably top half and they'll build on what they were doing last season. They had a really difficult start. Danny Bowles was under a lot of pressure to turn it around. He did. Um, and they finished in, in the top eight in the end. And it was a decent season for them. Let's just hope they can get off to the right start. I know they had a really good defensive record and they had like the the third best defence in the Eredivisie um, after a certain time. I think it's like after December. So if they can keep up a really good defensive record and score the goals, yeah, they could be in for a good season. And you never know, that shout for third place couldn't be too far off, Mike. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll see indeed. Uh, next question, let's go to Pex Waller. A question from Elder Pigeon. Pex Waller looked to be an emerging power in the Eredivisie, but in the last three seasons, they finished 13th, 9th and 14th, and disappointing. How can you explain this, and can they be back as contenders for a top six this season? Um, just before I hand over to you, Mike, I know that a few years ago, Pexwalla were talking about how ambitious they were and they wanted to sign loads of decent players and challenge for the top six and be regulars in the Europa League. Um, but that, as as the question said there, that hasn't happened. They've been mid-table. Why is that? I think you've got to look at the manager choices recently. I think, you know, you have Sam. We've talked about him already. He didn't really <clears throat> set a place on fire. But before that, Jan van Skip, he didn't do much either. Like, they have signed good players in their squad, if you look at it, and each position. They have a lot of talent there. I just think they need the right manager to come in, mould a squad. And I think, yeah, they could challenge for a top 10 spot. You've got such good players there. You know, Clint Lehmans, you know, he set the league on fire at, at BVV. And I thought he was going to be an excellent player when they signed him. But he just hasn't been able to, to live up to it. You know, Vita Van Croy, he was a very exciting attacker when he came up with BVV and they got... A good striker in Leonard Tay and Mike Van Doyen. These are good Eredivisie players. They should be challenging for a top 10 spot. It's just not worked so far. And I think that this could be their season to get back into the top 10. Yeah, they're talking about being very ambitious. Jan Stegeman's now in charge. He's a good, steady Eredivisie coach. I think that when they first came up under Ron Jans and he surprised everyone, they won the cup. And there was just a really good feeling around the club at that time. But the past couple of seasons, yeah, it's been really disappointing. It's strange that they announced this whole 
was a four or five year plan to be among the top six best sides in the Eredivisie, but this really hasn't worked. And yeah, I think that this season could be good if the Stegeman can just mould the squad because it's still a good good team and they've added some good youngsters. Sam Kirsten seems to be a very good signing from Den Bosch. There's a lot of excitement around him. He's a good young centre-back, so I'm excited to see what he can do. But yeah, it's a squad that should be doing a lot better than this and maybe this season it will. Yeah, maybe this season it will. They've You've mentioned Kirsten, they're a good centre-back from Den Bosch. Uh, they've actually spent um, around about one and a half million euros this summer Pex Waller, which isn't too bad for an Eredivisie club to just dispense like that. But they have also sold um, Sip Vandenberg, Jonas Namli, Kingsley Ezebue um, for more money than that. So I guess they kind of reinvested some of it back into the club, which is good to see. And that what's more important, from my opinion, for Pex Waller is that they've actually got a couple of good goalkeepers now. The goalkeeper position has been such an issue for them. In recent seasons. I know that if they had a good goalkeeper, um, I'm not trying to pick on Mickey van der Hart here, but I just don't think he was Eredivisie quality. And he has now left the club on a free transfer. Um, but they've signed two good goalkeepers in, in Xavier Moose. Um, and also, uh, uh, his name is, yes, Michael Zetetera. Zet, no, Zetera. New names to get used to there in Eredivisie. But two goalkeepers who are 23 years of age and look to be good prospects. I know that Zetter is only on loan though from Werder Bremen, but still, two good options there. And I've gone for them to finish ninth this season. How about you, Mike? Same, ninth. We're both matching there, yeah, ninth. And again, we've actually gone for quite similar predictions. And a, a Vitesse or another club as well that are going to be in that top half sort of region. Uh, and we had a question in from Mac Andrews, and he was asking if Leonard Slutsky is going to do well this season, or maybe if he maybe he'll face a sack if they don't do well this season. I personally have gone for them to finish in 8th place and I think that it'll be, again, a season of struggle for them. They've signed some interesting players this summer, haven't they, Mike? But uh, I'm not sure if Slutsy is getting the best out of his current crop of players. I've gone for them to finish 7th. I think that the signings they have made are decent. I think that Bazura will have a point to prove. I think he's a very good signing for them. J-Roy Grot, I spoke to, about him on the last podcast. I think that this is his big challenge as well. He's not really... He did nothing at Leeds and at VVV he was okay. But this is a big challenge for him to say that he's been recognised as one of the you know, brightest young talents and you know, makes the Dutch under-21 squads. And I think if he can fire in some goals, they've still got Brian Linson as well, which you know, he's been talking about trying to get a move for the past couple of seasons, but that's not come off. So there's goals in the squad. And the midfield is, is still okay. I think they'll still miss Odegaard. I think he's going to be a big, big loss for him. But I can see him finish seventh. I can't see Switzerland getting sacked. I think that he was a big managerial appointment for him. I think he'll have a steady season. But they'll be aiming for European football. And I think that through the playoffs is their, their best route. Yeah, and I know that Vitesse in the past have been a bit more ambitious than that. And they always wanted to challenge top three, top four. But it's again, it's going to be another season of having to try and prove themselves in the top half and try and put some wins together. They just couldn't do that last season. It was a rarity when they won three games in the spin. That's something that Vitesse should be doing most weeks. They should be putting these wins together because their squad is good. Um, and with a good manager, as Slutsky I thought is, um, they should be doing a bit better. They have got rid of some of dead weight though, which is good for them to, good to see. They've got rid of Van der Werf, Boetner, um, 
Carl's Wright's retired. And also Eduardo, the goalkeeper. So they've lost a few of the players that I guess were kind of weighing down, making a few mistakes in that defensive area. But yeah, Odegaard is going to be a massive loss for them. And we'll have to see how um, Tanana and Jericots can replace that, that loss. But then you've got two good strikers there as well. You've got Tim Tavs, who is a great Eredivisie striker if he stays fit. And Thomas Boyting, who was a revelation towards the end of the season. He was scoring towards the goal. So yeah, it's, it's a strong squad. Um, and up front, they've got the, the talent to definitely fire them to the wins to get the seventh or sixth spot. Okay, and the next one we'll turn to is for Marcus. Will FC Emmen again finish um, above the relegation zone? I think so, Marcus. Um, I've put them in 12th. What about you, Mike? Yeah, I've gone 13th. I think they were impressive last season. They were great in their first ever Eredivisie campaign. And I think that, yeah, they're signed some decent players this summer. And I think that, yeah, they'll be better than a few other sides next season, I think. In their home games, I think they'll cause a few scalps or other teams around them and yeah they'll stay up quite comfortably. Yeah I think so too, I think they'll stay up quite comfortably which is not where we thought FCMN would be. Um, I just think they're going to be safe in mid-table this season, I don't think they're going to have too many issues with relegation. They lost a lot of players this summer, a lot left on free transfers but they've strengthened, they've got better players as replacements especially with um, their, new, their new striker, half a million euros, Marco Kola uh, from Visa Krakow. 24-year creation. Um, I'm not saying he's going to be the top goal scorer in the league. He's not. But I think he'll be a reliable goal scorer for them. And that's something they were missing last season. They had to rely too much on Anko Janssen for the goals. So it's good that they've got someone in who I think is going to play every, every week for them. But they've also strengthened around that as well. Um, Nikola Larison is an attacking midfielder who's probably going to play with Kolar. Um, and got loads of Eredivisie experience in there as well. Payne, a right back. Uh, put Burnett, a left-back, to replace the outgoing Kana Chavlan. Um, yeah, I think they'll be more than alright, actually, FC Emin. Um And the other question that Marcus asked was about Heracles Amalo. Can they repeat a good season that they had last season? And to answer that question this time, Marcus, no, I don't think they will. I've put them in 10th, and I think that Brandley Kubas is a big miss. And again, they just haven't replaced a good player that they've, they've lost. Um, I think that they're going to... They're going to be relying again too much on these no-name German players that they seem to be getting in. They seem to be getting in a lot of players from the German third and fourth divisions. Uh, and it's either going to take a really good scout to pick out these players, or actually maybe they just aren't that great. They won't be able to handle that step up to the Eredivisie. Um, they're just trying to fish around too much for cheap transfers. And last season, I don't think you really saw that. I think that their, their, new, their goalkeeper was a good example of someone they could fish out of the German leagues. But they also had a lot of um, a lot of filler players. But they can't keep filling their squad with filler players. It's going to lead to them falling down the league, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that they struck gold last season by getting in Dalmau. And they still had Brandon Kulas to force both of them this summer. And Serial Dessers isn't Dalmau. That's a downgrade. But I'm excited to see how Mauro Jr. does, the Brazilian only from PSV Eindhoven. When he first when he first came over, he looked very good for PSV and he was getting the first team minutes and then all of a sudden he just sort of petered out and you know he dropped into the young PSV squad. I think that he'll come into that midfield spot in place of Kuas and I'm excited to see how he can do. And yeah, I think they'll finish eighth again. I think they've got 
a decent manager in Frank Wormuth. I think that they had an incredible start to the last season before they actually, you know, finished where they should be, you know, just maybe just inside the European spots. And I think they can't repeat, you know, the start of the season they had last year, but I think they're a steady Eredivisie side who definitely can challenge for a European playoff spot because the teams around them are all about the same quality and it's, you know, there's two or three sides that could get, you know, that eight for some spot. Yeah, um, I think him Vane as well, another club that will be mid-table this season but could challenge for Europa League spots. Uh, I think the most exciting thing that, that's happened to them this summer um, was their new signing that they got from the the Norwegian League. Uh, two million euros for Chidera Ejuke. Am I saying that right, Mike? Yeah, um, he seems to be a exciting winger, but I also think that the striker they've signed from Sassuolo on loan, Odgaard, He's been very good in pre-season, so I think they've got two exciting players in there. I think, I've seen a lot of people being a bit downbeat on Herringving this summer because they've lost, you know, Pieri and they've lost Sam Lammers up front. But you know, they've got some good signings in there, and there's a lot of chat about one of the new exciting young wingers called Van der Heide, who could be a, a breakout star. He's only, I think, 17-18. He could be an R1 to watch, and they've still got Van Bergen as well on the wing. I thought he was very good last season at times. So there is the attacking talent in that squad that can definitely make them challenge for a top 10 spot. Big worries is in the defence because Sven Botman's been brought in. If he can't handle this level, then he might struggle in defence. Yeah, good point there, Mike. I think one final point we should make about the Eredivisie table as a whole is talk about the relegation spots before we then go back to some of the other questions we had in. A fair few of them to do with um, PSV, Ajax, breakout stars for next season. But first of all, um, I've gone with VVV Venlo in 16th, Fortuna Sittard 17th and Arkesi Valvike in 18th. Um, because I think that the new promoted sides will... will no, not, not Twente, of course. Twente, I think, will do well. But I think Sparta and RKC will struggle this season. They've made too many signings. But I know that Sparta had a stronger squad coming up from the second league. And will fight a lot like Emmon did last season uh, with Hank Fraser as their manager. Um, but at RKC Volvic, they haven't strengthened really. They haven't signed um, any good quality players, especially from the Eredivisie. They've got no experience from that side of it. So I just think they're going to be quite downtrodden actually by quite a lot of the teams around them in the Eredivisie. Yeah, for me, RKC are the obvious candidates to go down. They're the weakest squad in the division by far. They've come up as a big surprise. Nobody expected them to come up, you know, last season, and I think they're going to struggle big time. Um, I've gone for VVV finishing seventeenth. They've lost Morris Stein. They've not added to their squad. I think they're going to struggle this season. And the other team I've gone for to finish in the bottom three is Adel Den Haag. I mean, it's been a, a very poor summer for them so far. They're losing the player that basically kept them. In mid-table last year, El Kayate scored all the goals for them. I think without him, they're going to struggle this season. There's always one team that it's a bit of a surprise when they go down or when they finish in the bottom three in the past couple of seasons. And I think that this year is going to be added in Hag. If they don't strengthen between now and the, you know, the end of the transfer window, there's just no indication that they are. When they're trying to go for a lone player for a striker, they tried Joshua Zerksi at Bayern Munich and they weren't interested in sending them. To them, um, yeah, they're going to struggle to score goals this season. I can see them being dragged into the, to the bottom three. 
yeah, all valid reasons. And um, again, I've got them struggling, but I think they might just about survive. Um, I've got a good manager there, Ardo, and he might well keep them up. Uh, if we can go back to the title race then. So with the questions post put out on Twitter, we also put a poll on there to ask who uh, who you think will win the title this season. 75% of you went for Ajax, 16% went for PSV, 5% for Feyenoord, and 4% of you were very strange people and thought RZ, Utrecht, Vitesse, or another team would win the league. But three quarters is, is a lot for Ajax. And we had a couple of questions in asking about uh, will, will are Ajax stronger perhaps than last season? They haven't lost many of their players, they've brought in a lot of quality and they've almost got too many options now in their squad. But a couple of questions, one for example from MacAndrew was asking about the midfield and we had somebody else asking about the defence, you know, I think it was from Matt, who will replace Delit. Um, I think the question for you, I'm asking you here Mike is, who would you play as a, a first choice back four, a first choice midfield three at Ajax right now? Because there's so many options to go through. Yeah, it's a luxury for, for Ten Hag. He's got so many options because Dias Academy is so good. And yeah, they have signed players this season. I mean, you look at the game against PSV, you got Rosandro Martinez, the, the left back, who played so well. And he's not even going to be first choice this season. It's going to be Tagore Fico again. So you've got Tagore Fico on the left. You've got probably Mazzarawi on the right, although I'd love to see Dest. Get more game times because I think he, he's a huge prospect. I think you might see Joel Veltman get pushed out before the end of the, the window because I just don't think there's room for him. And then the two central, Daley Blinn's going to be one of them. And the other one, I think, is going to be Alvarez. And if it's not Alvarez, it's going to be Perskurs. I think Lissandro Magalan has been, I've said it before, he's, he's a disaster of a sign and I don't think he's going to come into the contention for it. He might even drop into the young Ajax squad. I mean, it's going to take the, the hit on him for the money they paid for him. In midfield, you've got Van der Beek. And then Marin, I think he'll start ahead of Shona. And I'd like to see more of Carl Eiting. Um, I think that he's a big prospect. I think he could easily replace Frankie de Jong. It's easy to forget that at the start of last season, Eiting was the, the starting midfielder and there was still some talk about Frankie de Jong playing in defence and it was only really because Eiting got injured that Frankie moved in there and you know the rest is history he's shown and now he's at Barcelona so I think if Eiting can recover from that injury he could slot in there and he could be one of the stars of this, this season I think he's that good yeah fair assessment I agree with Eiting I hope he's given a chance to play week in week out but that's the thing with Ajax, they're going to need a big squad. They want to challenge in Europe and they want to challenge in the league and, and win the cup again. So they will need all these players and there will be injuries throughout the season. So it's it's hard to pick that, that starting eleven because things will change throughout the season. There'll be injuries. There's, I mean, Ziyech has only just returned and not really had a pre-season, but he walked into the Ajax team, of course. Will he stay? So there's loads of questions surrounding them, but with loads of players that, on offer, Tohag has definitely got a luxury decision to, to make. I think the only just people that are definitely got a certain of their starting 11 places are Anana in goal um, and Tadic out on the wing because you've then got the options of Promes, you've got 
Neresh as, a, as another winger, vying for that left wing spot. But they could even play the right wing as well. Dolberg or Hunter lie on attack as well. That's the other question. Um, which brings us to one of our other Twitter questions to Mac Andrews, who, who asks, is it a make or break season for Casper Dolberg? I think it is. Yes, and Ten Hag said that he's the first choice striker, but I think in the big games, it's going to be Tadic again. I think he's going to play through the middle because you've got if Ziyech and Neres and Promise are all still there. Or if Ziyech and Neres are Promise, they're going to be there. But I think that Tadic will move into the middle. And, you know, Doberg, he's had a good start to the season. He scored in the, the Dutch Super Cup win over PSV. But, I mean, it was a bit of a sitter. And if you missed it, then it'd be a shock. But, yeah, Doberg, you know, when he first broke into the season in the, the campaign where they got to the Europa League final, he looked like a sensation. It just didn't work last season. And there was times when you were wondering why he was starting when you had Handelar, who just looked a much better option at the time. And I think if Dolberg doesn't turn on this season, then yeah, he's going to be staying in the Eredivisie for a while because the big clubs that were getting linked to him before aren't going to come back from him if he doesn't start scoring the goals. Um, you know, When he first came out, he was getting linked with the likes of Real Madrid. You know, Barcelona were even getting mentioned. And I know that Monaco failed to a big money move from but it's going to be the teams that are going to get linked are going to get smaller and smaller if he doesn't start living up to his potential. I think this is a huge season for him. I agree with that, Mike. Um, but last season, Dolberg often reminded me of an old age pensioner. He, he was not reminded me of someone who's a young striker looking to make his name in at least just the area of his He was just wasn't mobile at all um, and was offering very little in how I actually build him to play. If he, if he laid off a pass, he wouldn't go and chase it to get in the box. He'd just saunter forwards. I hope that the injuries are behind him now, so that's not an excuse for him and his development, and that he puts in a 100% maximum. Because I know he's a quite a laid-back character. I just hope that doesn't come across on the training pitch and also on the, the actual pitch when it's a match. I hope that he is putting in 100% effort to improve himself because he has so much potential when he broke out for Ajax that this is as it was suggested in the question, a make-or-break season for him. Let's go to a question from Mohammed. Are Ajax now stronger or weaker with their new signings? That's a big shout. Um, but have they kept, I think they've kept their level, Mike. I think they have as well. I think that, yeah, Delect and Frankie de Jong are sensational talents. But if you look at the overall squad, you know, Frankie de Jong, he can be replaced by two players. They've got Marine now and they've got Eiting. And Delict, they've got Alvarez, who's meant to be a huge talent from Mexico, as he, oh, he does. And they've got Scores now. There's so much buzz around him after his performances in preseason, how he did against PSV at the weekend, that there's now two options for each of these two people. And then you think of Kick Peary's come in. Um, is he going to get a game because of the emergence of Scares? And yeah, I think that overall, unless Ziyech goes, Ajax are at the same level. I think that you take Ziyech out and then possibly Neres, and maybe they're a slightly bit weaker. But right now, I'd say that they're on par or maybe even a little bit stronger because Ten Hag's got more options now than he had before. Yeah, and I'm really excited to see how Promes does. Uh, with Ajax because he could it could be spectacular much like the Tadic signing and you could really put in the goals um, in, in, in the new league which 
he did so well in with FC Twente, and that was when he was far back in his development. Uh, a few questions again surrounding Ajax players. We'll try and answer as many as we can. Um, Odegaard, why didn't he sign for Ajax, and were they ever in him in the first place? I think they were. I think that it all relayed on Ziyech, though. I think that he would have came in, or they would have tried to get him if Ziyech had went, but because Ziyech's still there, he maybe didn't put in as much effort. And I think Odegaard as well, he's been in the Eredivisie for a few years now, and maybe he just wanted a different challenge. He wants to impress Real Madrid. His dream is still to play for Real Madrid, so he stayed in Spain. He's at Real Sociedad now, and that is probably the right place for him at this stage in his career. He's already done it in Eredivisie. He's impressed with Herringvain and Vitesse. Yeah, Ajax would have given him a chance to the Champions League. I think he's made the right move in going to, to Real Sociedad because he gets to show Real Madrid that he can do it in La Liga. Yeah, uh, he, he wants to try and prove himself in a stronger league than the Eredivisie. So it's the right decision for him, for sure. Let's go to a question regarding PSV. And Abdul asks if PSV are abandoning Jorik Hendricks? I hope so, um, because I don't think he fits into that squad at the moment. And I think that he is getting to an age now where he needs to go and if he's going to improve as a player, he needs to do it in a different league. I think that Rosario is the holding midfielder of that squad and he's should be playing alongside Gutierrez. Then you got like Safi. I think that if Hendricks is still there, you know, the two of them together in with Rosario, it just doesn't work. And I think if Hendricks can get a move this summer to Bologna or another club like that, he should take it because I think he's done all he can at PSV. And he's not going to improve as a player if he stays there any longer because he wants to play in the Dutch national team. I don't think he's good enough for that, but he's only going to prove wrong coming wrong by going to, to Italy or Germany or somewhere I don't think PSV need him. Yeah, fair enough. Uh... Question from Cam. Do you think Ajax and PSV are doing a better job of keeping their good players? So we've just been talking quite a lot there about how both of these teams have got a lot of players at their disposal. They can start to shed players, just Hendricks, because they have so many options left at the club. Same for Ajax with getting to keep players like Ziyech. PSV are keeping Lozano, Berfine, perhaps. He said, um, things could change, but Lozano, Berfine, Van der Beek and Ziyech haven't left. Last year, Ajax did a great job as well. So, Mike, what, why, why are Ajax and Pierce doing a better job of keeping their good players? Because I, I agree with this question from Cam, and yes, they are, but how are they managing that? I think they are, and I think it's because they're not so desperate anymore. I think that money plays a big part in it, and I think that Mark Overmars is a very stubborn man, and he's not going to just take anything from a club anymore. And the same goes with PSV, they're not just going to accept anything for Lozano and Bergwijn. And that's putting some clubs off and the clubs that are coming in aren't the right ones. You've seen it with Ziyech. He's turned down Sevilla because he doesn't think that they're a level above Ajax and he's right. Um, it could all change. I think that Napoli are going for a few targets. If that doesn't work out, they could go back in for Lozano. Sevilla are in for, for Bergwijn apparently. So it could all change in the next couple of weeks. But I think that Ajax are going to have a better chance of keeping their players. I think PSV... May still need to worry about Bergwijn and, and Rosano, and possibly it might come quicker if they don't get past Basel in the Champions League. I think that that game is crucial next week for many reasons. I think that if 
they go out, they might see a 30 million pound offer from Sevilla for Bergwijn as a good option, whereas now they're holding out for 40 to 45 million. I think Ajax just runs for Champions League semi-final. It's certainly helped Ajax keep their best players because it creates a mentality that they can go and do it again. But the PSV have looked at that and gone, well, we need to challenge Ajax first of all for the title, but we also want similar success. And they know that by keeping their best players, the players can develop themselves at a higher level in a competition such as the Champions League. But as well as that, they can try and aim as a club for that, that the riches of getting far into a competition, European competition. It's, it was inspiring for teams like PSV to see what Ajax could do in the Champions League. And that's why they've been able to keep so many of their best players. Hopefully, we'll get to say the same thing about someone like RZ next summer. If they have a good season this season, that they keep their best players like they have this summer. But if they can go on and have really good standout seasons, they can then go and keep their best players again. Um, and a final question then on this podcast. We had this from a couple of people, um, from Omer and Toto Ramdo. So they're just basically asking, who are the breakout stars going to be this season? Who are the next players that are going to break through in the Eredivisie? Mike, I'll hand over to you. Well, it's just Eredivisie. There's always going to be young talents coming through. And I think that this year is going to be no exception. I think there's several young players to keep an eye on. Uh, several clubs around the league from top to bottom. You know, if you look at Ajax, you're looking at Scurs, Dest and Iting. We've talked about them already. All three of them could be massive players this season. For PSV, you've got Malin up front. Then you've got Ihaterin. Cody Gakpo, the, the winger, who looks very exciting, and Sam Wammers, they could all be breakout stars for them. Bayernard, you've got Koku in midfield. AZ, you've got obviously Calvin Stengs and Myron Boadu. I think Stengs, I've already said it, it's going to be a massive player this season. I think he's exceptional talent. Then go down, you've got Vitesse, you've got Boytink up front, very exciting player. Ken Vane, Ken Heide, even at Sparta Rotterdam, who I've not spoke about yet. But they've got a very exciting squad. I think it's going to be a really good team to watch this year. They've got Dante Rigo on loan from PSV Eindhoven. I think he's a very exciting attacking midfielder. Harui, the Dutch under-21 international midfielder as well. And the Turkish winger who is still at the club despite was of interest from Vice of Fenerbahce, Halil Dervisoglu. I think he got big plaudits last year for helping him get promoted and he's another one. To watch so that's my main picks for this season there are some really good players out there in the league and there are many more that will be hidden within those mid-table teams that we probably just haven't thought about yet but it's so exciting that yet again in their individual we'll get to see all these young players come through that's why we love the league so much i think there's only one team we haven't mentioned in this podcast and that's villain tway so just for the purposes of saying we've talked about every single team in this podcast mike how do you think villain tway will do this season I think they're going to struggle. Um, I've got them staying up just in the 15th spot. Again, I don't think they've had a very good summer in the transfer window. Alexander Isaac was a revelation of what, of what a signing he was last season. And before that, they had France all. They're just they're weaker at the moment. And unless they sign a new forward who can score the goals to now and the transfer window shut, and I think they're going to have a a poor season, um, and yeah, they, I think they might just escape relegation, but they're one of the teams that could be done. 
I think they'll be thirteenth. I think they'll be just above a pack of relegation candidates. But yeah, they haven't strengthened well this summer. There's been a few teams that maybe their business will happen in the next couple of weeks because if it doesn't, they're going to be in big trouble. Not just Phil and Trey, we mentioned that Oz and Hark are going to be um, struggling perhaps. AKC Volvike and Sparta need to strengthen still. So let's see what happens. But yes, I think they're one of those teams that should have done a bit better in this window because there's n they haven't actually improved their squad. Sparta Rotterdam, if I had to pick one team that could punch above the weight this season, I would go with Sparta Rotterdam. Just if you look at the, the players they've brought in and the squad that they have, they've got some good, huge, exciting talents and they've brought in some, you know, Eredivisie players like Lars Veldvik up front and he's an Eredivisie striker. I think that the whole squad is capable of, of causing a surprise and if one team is going to shock and enter the top 10, my pick would maybe be on them. I, you know, a lot of people might say that they're relegation fodder, but I think they're going to have a good season. Fair enough. We'll look forward to looking back upon this in a year's time and wondering how amazing we all are or how stupid we all were at the time. Mike, thank you very much for joining me and look forward to another podcast very soon. Yep, let's wait for the season to get underway. Very exciting times. Well, you're, of course, we're available on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes and Football Nation Radio. Make sure you like and subscribe wherever you are and show your support for Football Atlanta. I'm going to have another podcast out very soon for you. Bye for now. That is back up! That is back up! That is Yeah! 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 That is he! Yeah! Yeah! That is Klaassen! Goal!